1: I'm Patience Adamu,
0: And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip, a podcast about political decision-making during a racial revolution.
1: Stay tuned every single week as we analyze Canadian news and Black issues.
0: And if you like what you hear, you know you've got to subscribe.
1: On this week's episode, we are joined by Deputy Mayor Steve Anderson as we discuss some of the top headlines from the week of February 14th, including
0: The feds finally repealing minimum sentences that disproportionately hurt Black and Indigenous people, the Toronto vacancy tax already working despite not being implemented yet, pandemic benefits being extended until June,
1: hashtag hairlove is here for the Black History Month win. Khalil Sivright receives an injunction to stop building tiny homes, that Texas winter storm, proof that climate change is a real thing, and plenty more. To kick off our politics segment, we are now in the third episode of our Black Political Leaders series for Black History Month, where we chat with four current Black Canadian politicians who are having an enormous impact on policy while pushing for equity, diversity, and inclusion in Ontario. So far, we've had Councillor Ariel Kayabaga, City Councillor of London, Ontario, and MPP Michael Coteau of Don Valley East in Toronto to discuss Canadian news and Black issues. On this episode, we're proud to welcome Deputy Mayor Steve Anderson of Shelburne, Ontario, just north of Brampton, to the show.
0: Steve, here at the drip. We like to start interviews by walking through receipts. This is more than a bio. It's a specific recollection of the work you've done around poverty, the middle class and black folks in Ontario. Steve is the deputy mayor of Shelburne and has been a town councillor since 2017 after being appointed by the mayor at the time to fill the vacancy seat of a recently passed councillor. At the time, the mayor said of Anderson, quote, he just seemed to be the most prepared, the most confident. He had some great ideas for inclusion in our new diverse community, He was just a step above the rest, end quote. Being the juggernaut he is, Steve then ascended to become deputy mayor, the first black person to hold the title. He's also the Toronto Transit Commission's first black legal counsel and has been in that role for 16 years, using that platform to advocate for youth like he did in response to the Danzig shooting. A community advocate, Steve was named by the Toronto Star as one of the top 50 Jamaicans in the GTA in 2013. And was acknowledged by the House of Commons for his community service. Also, in 2013, a father of two, he's a shining example of what perseverance and success looks like in the face of tough odds. And we're proud to have him join us today. So, Steve, welcome, Wagwan.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
0: wow, what an introduction, man.
2: <laughs> for real, what an introduction, man. I just want to say to uh, both you and Patience, I'm really so happy. Uh, uh, for you guys and to be on your program. Uh, as they say in the Caribbean, you guys are mashing it up. <laughs> um, you know, both of you guys are really creating a safe space for our black community to discuss issues that matter. And that's really important. Uh, and I've said this before and both of you guys will know this when I say this, I believe, and I firmly say this, that every black household in Canada should have you guys on the
0: download. Thank you so much for that plug. Uh, We certainly believe that too. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure with time, we'll get there. So why don't we jump right in? Um, You know, you're the deputy mayor of Shelburne, as we've pointed out, but you're actually a Jane and Finch man. So tell us, how did you end up in Shelburne? (laughs) Wow. Wow. What a story,
2: huh? Um, well, you know, when they say, when you say you're a Finch man, you know, you have to be a Finch man for life, right? So you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always representing, uh, Jane and Finch everywhere I go. And I'm very really proud to do that. Uh, how did I end up from Jane and Finch into Shelburne? Um, my GPS wasn't working and my phone was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I ended up in Shelburne instead of a place in Brampton. But, uh, in all seriousness, I was living in, uh, Milton And I was actually looking to purchase a home in Brampton as we speak uh, about Brampton. And I saw this magazine that said, save $250,000 just 30 minutes north of Brampton. I'm like, what? Where is this place? So I took a drive up there and lo lo and behold, uh, I liked what I saw. I bought a place. And I tell people it was the affordability that brought me to Shelburne, but it was actually the people uh, that uh, got me there. So Shelburne is a lot of good things that are happening there. What most people don't know, but your listeners may not know, is that Shelburne, uh, in the two thousand and sixteen census, was the fastest growing town in Ontario based on population size, and the second fastest growing in Ontario. So uh, a lot of things are happening. Very diverse, increasingly diverse. Uh, I joke with some of my friends to say that Shelburne is the Canadian version of Wakanda. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> And I'm serious, uh, and, uh, because, you know, we have, um, you know, our black dollar stores, we have our black food trucks, we have our black salons, and people wouldn't be expecting that to hear that that's a small town just north of Brampton. Wow.
1: Yeah. So speaking of Finch, you're releasing mm. a book soon entitled Driven to Succeed, which highlights your journey from being a Finch Ute to where you are now, bumps, bruises and all. We hope the book encourages more young Black people to run for office so we're better able to bend policy to match our needs so they have someone close to home they can identify with. But what compelled you to write the book and what are you hoping it will accomplish for its readers?
2: Yeah, and thank you for, for, for mentioning the, uh, the book. Uh, what compelled me to do it? Because um, I was a recipient when I was in grade 11 in Jane Finch of somebody planting a seed of inspiration and motivation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to be able to return that to individuals in that very same community and many others is what I see as, as a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the premise of the book is really, again, again, to aspire and to motivate and to tell the as they would say, the youth them that <laughs> it's, it's not it's not where you start. It's how you decide to finish and that you could grow up in a neighborhood like Jane and Finch or any other area that is similar to that. And go on to make history as you talked about being the first black lawyer at the ttc and deputy mayor for the town of shelburne Uh, i'll just say this to close this part off that you know i i was struck by a comment or quote rather from u.s president joe biden where he talked about um that in life there are failures and setbacks Uh, at some point in your life it's inevitable but giving up is unforgivable and so we all experience setbacks uh, whether that's through systemic issues or otherwise but the book is really a reminder that we could overcome that. And so that's what I hope that uh, people who read it, particularly are young, are able to get from it.
0: So you hear that, people? That is the mindset of a juggernaut, one. And two, I just kind of forgot to point out, uh, Councillor Ariel Kayabaga, you've got some competition on your hands, fam. People are going to be moving to Shelburne instead, it sounds like, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> i roll up the, uh, the red carpet for Ariel if she wants to come, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steve, you were recognized by the Canadian Race Relations Foundation for the great anti-racist work you're doing in Shelburne, like standing up the Anti-Black Racism and Discrimination Task Force. So can you tell us some of the concrete ways the task force is improving lives for members of the Black and Indigenous community through policy?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I, I think it's it's important to start off with how the task force was created Um uh, and and that was following an unprecedented uh, March, um, following the uh, the murder of George Floyd, as we all know in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Black Lives Black Lives Matter March was actually uh, organized by two young females, Cheyenne Ricky and Haley uh, McLarty in our town. And so it started at the Recreation Center, ended up at Town Hall steps, and myself. Uh, the mayor and the local pastor addressed the audience and, and 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 made a promise to them that we were going to take action. Both Curtis and, and Patience, you know that oftentimes what happens is that there's a, a swell, a ground swell, the politicians here, and then it just fades off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And so following that discussion, uh, I brought a motion at uh, council, what was unanimously supported to create that task force, the first of its kind in our region, not just the town of Shelburne. And so When it comes to the work and the recommendations that were made by the task force, uh, we adopted it as council in its entirety. And so some of the things, for example, included uh, establishing a diversity and inclusion committee, which is what we've allocated about $20,000 to that committee to give it teeth to implement uh, the changes that they've recommended. Um, We uh, have done a number of symbolic things, yet transformative to those who see it. So what am I talking about when I say that very quickly? So we have a new community garden that's coming out, uh, being built, rather, uh, this spring coming. And a section of that is going to be named after the number two construction battalion. Uh, I think it's important as we honor our military and and our veterans that they get the props that they deserve. Uh, in our new subdivision, we are naming a parquet after William and Mary Gaunt, two Black settlers that were native to that area. The street signs in that subdivision are going to be named after local Indigenous groups. Uh, we've allocated money to the Dufferin Canadian Black Association, the first of its kind, to support the groundwork work that they're doing. We've also set aside money for young Black and racialized groups that are doing community initiatives. And lastly, I'll just touch on this point as well, is that our police services board is going to be working with our OPP officers that we have just transitioned to now recently mm-hmm. to ensure that we are able to bridge the gap between the black, indigenous and other racialized groups when it comes to the relationship with the uh, the police. And so we're very proud of the work that we've done in Shelburne and many other municipalities have reached out to us asking small town Shelburne for our blueprint. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, we, we stand by the, the, the words. And I believe our community is benefiting from that.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
0: and think about
1: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are.
0: That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, you made a comment on Facebook immediately after the January 6th insurrection that stuck with me. This is the quote. You said, One should never question the existence of privilege again. <laughs> if you were annoyed mm. with all the talk of diversity and inclusion, anti black racism, and systemic discrimination, and believe it was on the verge of going away? I feel sorry for you because I and a lot more folks aren't going anywhere. End quote. When you reflect on the reception you received at the Pan-African flag raising in Dufferin County at the beginning of the month, or the fact that Bob Curry, the mayor of a township called Amaranth in Orangeville, still doesn't get why we say Black Lives Matter as opposed to All Lives Matter, how does it make you feel about the future of those relations in your region and Ontario more broadly?
2: Yeah, yeah, that comment was vexing for me and a lot of folks, um, the All Lives Matter stuff. Uh, I mean, what it demonstrates is that we have a, a, a long way to go. Uh, t- to be honest with you, I was, uh, I've was i done a number of interviews following uh, that statement of the All Lives Matter, which was really uh, in the face of a celebratory moment. We're obviously honoring our ancestors for Black history and those who are doing tremendous work in our community. And then, boom, that comment came out. And, and to be honest, you know, when the interview request came in, I was kind of like, man, I I don't want to, why do I have to go and touch this? I I mean, I didn't bring this up. You know what I mean? Um, But here I was having to to answer to what transpired. But you know what? After thinking about it, I said to myself, I'm going to take this to be these opportunities to make a couple of points. Mm -hmm. So starting with as leaders, elected leaders, we have to be mindful of the words that we are using because words matter, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether it was intended or not, Uh, we have to be careful and clearly articulate ourselves because you could be hurting a lot of folks based on what you say. That's number one. So I wanted to make that clear. And I believe that I did. Mm -hmm. The other point that I wanted to make clear, sometimes you have to put things where people could reach it. So instead of just coming out and being the predictable, angry black man uh, to a comment like that, I decided to put an example out there to get people to take a step back and to think. Mm -hmm. So I agree, all lives matter. But here's the example that I tell folks. When it comes to the vaccine rollout, we have identified our seniors who are elderly, who are frail, that we say are priority groups. We've seen uh, talk about reform. We've talked about uh, for long-term care. You see all the other things that uh, that, uh, that uh, are dealt with when it comes to uh, dealing with that priority group. They're the most impacted by COVID-19, dying the most, ravaged the most by that. Uh, but even though all lives matter, we have prioritized that group, and that seems to be okay. Right. Uh, I said in a recent interview, I don't see anybody standing outside of a long-term facility with a sign that says, all lives matter. Why are they getting the vaccine over us? Right. And it's the same thinking that I want people to have when it comes to Black Lives Matter or, or, or Black and racialized groups. Yes, all lives matter, but just like the elderly that we've identified as a priority group because they're the most vulnerable, they're the most impacted, It's the same thing here we're saying about these groups. We're not asking for handouts. We're just asking that we be prioritized because we are suffering the impacts of another virus called racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Very well said. Very, very well said. Um, So today we highlighted you as a Black politician in Ontario, and we hope that we've given you your flowers You do outstanding work and we're really lucky to have you at the helm working to make our province better through your work in Shelburne and beyond. Now we want you to give someone else their flowers. We're calling this the Stacey Abrams moment. Mm. Is there a Black person you've worked with who has supported you and made things happen for you that you really want to recognize?
2: Uh, You know, this is an easy one for me, uh, guys. And, you know, I want to hand those flowers to my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has worked for me from day one, been a supporter, uh, and much of what you see as Steve Anderson is largely due to her. So I want to hand her her flowers. And then secondly, I want to give another set, if I may, uh, to the black community, because without their support, uh, and when I say black community, I'm talking about the church community, um, the, the platforms, both you, uh, you two and the, and the work that you do. Uh, for supporting me, because as the old saying uh, goes, it takes a village, and so I want to make sure that the Black community gets their set of flowers for myself as well.
1: Steve, I think that's cheating, though. If I'm, really <laughs> <honest. laughs> I'm going to be real with you, but I, I'll accept it. We'll accept it for today.
2: Um, Give <laughs> um, a Finch man a break. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And for our listeners, Steve's book titled Driven to Succeed will be available on Amazon and his website, both of which will be in our feed as soon as it's released. All proceeds from the book will go to Operation Black Vote Canada, One Voice, One Team, and the Dufferin County Canadian Black Association. Mm, mm. Well,
2: this was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to be uh, a part of this uh, platform. I saw the interview with uh, Cato, Listen to that, and and uh, Ariel as well. And, and, and they were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, geez, uh, and, and, and Michael was very gracious to say, hey, listen, if there's anybody that he needs, or you guys need to get onto your program, he'll, he'll be able to do that, or at least be willing. Whatever I could do, certainly I, I'll do it as well. But
0: you guys are really onto something. There's no question about it.
2: Thank we, you. Thank,
1: thank
0: you for me. real. Yes, yes. And, and we'll, we'll continue doing this. Um, so thank you very much, Steve. And, and you know, as we've said to you before this recording, Um, we'd love to have you come back very soon. We actually want to build a relationship between, you know, all the guests, especially the politicians that we have on the show to, like I said, build a a relationship that is um, built on openness, right? Built on openness.
1: Because of length, we thought we'd separate Deputy Mayor Steve Anderson's interview from the rest of the discussion. To hear Steve's thoughts on Canadian news and Black issues, listen to episode 43. And you really should, because honestly, the man is
0: hilarious. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date.
1: We now have our own Instagram page dedicated to the podcast. Follow us at The Drift You. Black people, we hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up.
0: We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. See y'all next time.